You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 170, Side A. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about some very entertaining things. Like I said, this is a side A episode, which means we're going to talk about pop culture, entertainment, news, movies, music, books, flirt, whatever catches our eye this week. My name is Wicker, and I'm joined by Tea Time. Four! Oh. And Earl Grey. I can also be Earl Grey. You can be both. Yes, because I am currently enjoying a lovely glass of Earl Grey, oddly enough. <laughs> Greg has claimed both names. Jimmy, you might as well sign off now. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a good time. This week, we're going to talk about the Netflix movie Outside the Wire, the new Denzel movie, The Little Things. We're also going to hit you with a WandaVision update. Boom. In your face. Guys, this is a review show, and there will most definitely be spoilers, uh, especially regarding WandaVision. So if you are not caught up on that, we will give you a big, big signal um, to uh, to pause or come back later if you haven't seen, read, or listened to anything that we have talked about yet. Use your own discretion. What would the official spoiler signal be? be? A reverberating fart, perhaps. Not everybody wants to hear that, Greg. Yeah, maybe a laser. So, like that is oh. music to Greg's ears. However, it is. It's, it's the spoiler. It's the spoiler fault. Fart. The spoiler fart. The spoiler fart. <laughs> when Greg is feeling frisky, he walks past Alicia and goes, "Hey, <laughs> gross." Now we have a we have a French bulldog that takes care of all the farting activities in the household. Mm. The French bulldogs, known for their farts, yes, pungent. Guys, I have some exciting news. I guess depending on who you are, for a uh, a very unfortunate mystery. Sixty-two years old, the Dietlov Pass incident where. Russian students disappeared on a mountaineering expedition in 1959. There have been many theories about this before due to the state of the site where they camp. Theories ranging from yetis, aliens, government involvement. My vote was for yetis. Yeah. Mine was aliens. Aliens, sorry guys, it's neither one of those things, according to scientists recently making the determination that, yes, the most unpopular theory, the avalanche is the likely cause. Now, it's still very much a cosmic clusterfuck of things that had to happen. A avalanche about the size of a SUV barreled into the campsite, burying the campers inside of their tent, causing them to cut out of it, which explains the tears in the fabric in the tent. Now, some things still not quite explainable. 
such as the paradoxical undressing, which is something that Rob does even when he's not freezing cold. <laughs> actually, I want to say that that's actually a documented thing. Like yes. people in people in extreme conditions can occasionally yes. have like if you're freezing cold, you have the the sensation that you're like super hot and you just strip down and freeze to that. Yep. That is actually true. That happened in the uh, what is it? The the Donner party. Somewhere. It is yes, and it is a documented thing. However, it is uh, it is not a thing. Um, I I guess that's a hundred percent fact in this case. Um, there there are you know I don't really I don't know if anybody really knows what time this happened. Could have been very warm in the tent. Could have been some people on watch. Could have been some people stripped down to their underwear to sleep. Could have been like, some people getting frisky. They were college kids. <laughs> Who knows, man? You know, we'll, we we may never know the answer to that. However, the, the really cool thing about this, guys, can you, do you have any idea what Disney film helped prove this theory? I do, because you've got it written right there in the notes. I do. <laughs> yes. Bambi. Bambi, exactly. Disney's frozen. The so, scientist who's who developed this theory tested this theory using modified code for the snow simulations. Uh, he was so impressed with the way that the snow moved and how natural it was that he took, modified that code, brought it back. And uh, help to to prove this very unfortunate the nine hikers who were never heard from again. Uh, Bring in snow code back. Do, 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 do. Some closure for their families, possibly, but of course, no closure for conspiracy theories. Uh, theorists no approach. closure for giant angry snow beasts <laughs> or or uh, snow witches. Is she a witch? Who's a snow witch? Or extraterrestrials. I told frozen? you not to talk about my extra testicles. There's a witch in Frozen. In, in Frozen, well, what is she? She's a I don't know, man. She's no who elemental. I don't. Rob, oh, I don't know. Cool. She's a witch. <laughs> witch burn her. People come to this podcast to learn such things, and we have failed them yet again. For we the found the witch. The, we burn her. For the hundred and seventieth consecutive episode, we have failed our listeners. They're, Honestly, after 170 episodes, it's really on them. Yeah. <laughs> They're okay, gluttons for you. punishment. Yeah. But okay. Go speaking ahead, of other other uh medical things, oh. I saw I saw a thing today, and you know, I mean, you know what I do. So I, I saw a, a news story that I thought was kind of interesting. They had the very first successful face and double hand transplant performance. Yes. I saw this. Did you see that? Yeah. I, I just saw a picture. And he looks like a. I mean, he he looks like he's he's swole up on steroids, but um, you know he's he's got he's got a lot going on in the face. It looks mm-hmm. like his tissues holding a lot of like extra fluid and whatnot. Yeah, but um, he looks a hundred times better than what he looked, you know, previous prior to the surgery. Now, what and what happened had, to this person before um, before I make a side he was, comment? He, he was in a car accident. Okay, 
uh, flipped his car, got caught in a fire and burned like 90% of his body. His face yeah. was burned off in his hands. He, he had like very limited mobility in his hands. Um, so they've replaced his hands. They, they did a face transplant and it looks exceptional. I was like, Oh my God. So he's, he's learning, he's learning to do facial expressions again. He's learning, he's relearning to blink and all of that. And he, they were, they were going over like his range of motion with his hands and everything. So it, it looked, it, it's pretty impressive. Does he now look like Nicolas Cage and or John Travolta? He, de- well, maybe, maybe a chubby John Travolta. Okay. So John Travolta. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the last time I believe that, that a face and double hand transplant was attempted was, uh, I want to say 2009 when that lady was attacked by the chimpanzee. You remember that story? Uh, the one that ripped off her face and her yeah. the chimp. Yeah. yeah, that was the last time I believe it was attempted, and she actually developed an infection, and they had to amputate her hand, so it wasn't mm. it wasn't successful. Carla Nash. Uh, I didn't put this in the news, but it's probably something we've talked about before, so might as well talk about it again. Uh, I did not watch this show, Saved by the Bell, but in between mm. our last recording and this recording, I Dustin talked about Diamond, it for two days and totally forgot about it. You did what? I talked about it for two days. I was telling people to work, and then I forgot about it when it came time for this. Yeah, so we, I never really watched Saved by the Bell, but most of my friends, I would remember. I did. All uh, every day. Yeah, still never seen an episode. But a lot of my friends back in high school, we would go out and play, and one of the things that they would talk about is Saved by the Bell. Um, So Dustin Diamond, who, of course, was Screech on Saved by the Bell, passed away at 44. He, he, uh, just announced he had cancer, I think, four months stage ago. Four. Or, yeah, stage, yeah, stage well, four. Stage four terminal cancer. Uh, three, he, was, he was diagnosed only three weeks ago, yep. they said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was several months, but it was no. obviously very, stage very... four, not four months. Very yeah. aggressive, fast-moving son of a bitch of, of, a, of a cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the show, of course, there was a lot of issues with him and you know, there was, and it's hard. I mean, like there's clearly something that goes on with people that rocket to stardom as, you know, in a way, a character actor, like he was pretty much pigeonholed into that, like that role. So, I mean, he couldn't go anywhere without some idiot screaming screech probably. And after a while, it's probably something you don't want to deal with. So of course he did some boxing stuff. He did a bunch of other stuff as, uh, I'm pretty sure Rob was there that day, but you know, he came to our high school to talk about yeah. not doing, not doing drugs and sang the song gin and juice. I, I, yeah, I really I a video. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which in retrospect, I realized that he went to our high school to talk about drugs, not just cause he was uh, trying he to be a cool dude. Probably but, court mandated. Yeah. It was pretty much court mandated for, you know, getting in drug in trouble with drugs. Um, but you know, no one deserves that, you know, that fast of a diagnosis to death. And clearly, you know, we send our condolences to his family and stuff like that. Someone on the G.I. Joe Reddit page, which I may or may not go to every day, um, hour, posted a picture of him as a kid receiving a G.I. Joe Mauler, the, the tan tank, like on, I'm assuming Hanukkah, just a guess, uh, like looking super excited about it, like opening it up 
and just made me yeah made me happy. And of course, it also occurs to me that he is exactly the same age as me. So I was kind of thought because he came to talk to my high school that he was a little older, but apparently not. Yeah. So oh. D- Dustin Diamond dead at forty four. Our condolences as usual. Rest in peace. Yeah. Thanks. So speaking of getting in trouble with drugs. Oh, yes. You know who else got in trouble with drugs? Someone from hmm, what state? Someone from Florida. Well, how did I know? You take that back. No one in Florida does drugs with alligators. Ever. That's right. It's WTF. Welcome to Florida. And I can't take credit for this one. Greg sent it to me. And I looked for another story because I hate using a story that somebody else sends to me. But this friggin' dude. Yeah, if the shoe fits, man. Sorry. I, I usually try not to send them. But when I saw what was going on on the forehead area of his head, so, I had to. And, and in all honesty, the, the story really isn't that good. It's the mugshot. That <laughs> I was like, are you effing kidding me? Yep. So, Matthew Lethem, mm-hmm. 22, dialed 911 to request a ride home after 4 a.m. in the Tampa area. And when the, when the sheriff responded, he offered to call him a cab, but Matthew said, I don't have any money for the cab. So Sheriff said, well, you can't call 911 for a cab ride. So Matthew walked off. You can if you don't have money, right? That's what it's for. Negative. Oh. So Matthew walked (laughs) off. And a few minutes later, called 911 again for a ride. So the officer showed up, searched him, found marijuana, and he's been arrested and charged with misuse of the 911 system as well as possession of marijuana. Now, all of that being said, that's not, I mean, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's a decent Florida story story, but the mugshot of this schmuck, (laughs) I swear to God, man, he, he has got, I kid you not, the silhouette of the state of Florida tattooed on his effing forehead Trailing right down between his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, and it looks like it's photoshopped, and because it's just so freaking ridiculous. Yep. He looked Mr. Like- Lethem, you are a moron. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. So let's one of the low-key comic book arguments. Of course, there's there's bigger comic book arguments and like nerd arguments, like who would win? Airwolf or Knight Rider, those kind of arguments. One of the low-key ones is what should be on Captain America's forehead. Because there's the eagle, there's the A, and then there's kind of a star version of Captain America. In fact, the new Captain America they're showing from uh, the Winter Soldier show is like a modified star A. Now, either way, Captain America has something on his forehead of his uniform. So would this make this guy Captain Florida Man? A Florida tattoo oh. directly on the forehead. 
I mean, give him a couple of years. <laughs> that's, he, that's so he, what you're saying is he needs – you don't just get to be Captain Florida, man. You have to do, like, at least four or five stupid bullshit yeah. things. But yeah, for, you, you, yeah. you've abused the 911 service. You've been arrested for having a little bit of pot. That's, that is not the worst that we've come across. No. Uh, it's not illegal, but you did decide to walk into a tattoo parlor with a picture of the state of Florida and said, I, I want this. Where do you want it? Right here. Right between and, my eyes. And the the thing is, is it's not even in the right spot for it to be like a Captain America insignia. Yeah, because it's lower. It's, it is way too low. It's hanging down in between his eyes. It's on the bridge of yeah, his nose, for Christ's sake. It, uh, I, I wonder what's underneath it. <laughs> he had like a he had like a little skin blemish that he didn't like, and he's like, I, yeah, I, I was up. thinking like a swastika. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, what what is the worst like the worst tattoo that's underneath it? Yeah, that, that could actually yeah some like ex girlfriend's name. It, right, yeah, right there. It's a very short name, but <laughs> something. And he looks like a psychopath. There will be there will be lots more. Yeah, we're going to see that guy again. Gentlemen, yes. Yes, we will. We will talk about him again. Congratulations, Um, Captain Florida, man. Moron. (laughs) So where are we at here? Let's, let's. So so if they, if they like what they hear, Greg, how can they support us so that we can provide more? Well, if they like what they hear, the first thing they should do is get lots and lots of therapy. Yes, true. Because no one should like us. But speak for yourself there, asshole. Shut your mouth. Jesus. I'm in a mood. And I read your no- I read your notes on the TV shows we watched, and you're in a mood too, Rob. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you guys like what you hear, uh, you can support the show. And that is uh, by going to our patron. Patreon. God damn it. I no, it you the tried. It's all right, man. I screwed it up at the beginning of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I screwed screwed uh, you go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. And what that does, it's not very expensive. It's $5. That's like a cup of coffee every every month. And what it does is it supports the show. It keeps us in server space, keeps us um, able to do the stuff that we that we do here. You know, we have we have to handle server space and website space and recording costs. And if microphones go down or whatever, it helps us out. Now, what does that mean for you guys? What it means for you guys is that you get an opportunity to be in our chat room where we talk about a lot of this stuff and more. We learn about new books and camping this week. It was a very big camping week. Yeah, There's lots of pictures of badass fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a chance to have a birthday episode where you we get to do a top five list about you. There's a bunch of other things that you get access to. We are looking into... The potential of making videos of these recording sessions at some point it's a little more expensive so we really have to get to a certain level before we can consider doing that it's a little more expensive and and there's only so much we we can do as far as hours per month for that yeah now is that just to store it on their on their server or is that just to actually record even if we delete it afterwards uh, it's the recording process so that it will record a certain number of hours oh. per month. Not, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with storage. Unfortunately, if it did, that'd be nice. Cause we could just take it yeah. off and delete it. But, um, so 
you know, we're, we're trying to, we'll get to that point hopefully. And, you know, maybe have some cool video recordings. You can see all of, and if there's video recordings, you get to kind of see behind the scenes. You get to see a screw up. You get to see me just, you, uh, yeah, you can see me naked. You can see me, you know, probably stubbing my toe on furniture. Uh, you know, you get to see all of the weird face expressions Rob makes where he moves his eyebrows and makes me sexually uncomfortable. So there's, I mean, really the, the money is worth uncomfortable it. Uncomfortable because you like it. I just said sexually uncomfortable. I didn't say if it was a positive or a negative. But anyway, that is our patron, our Patreon. If you guys are interested, uh, there's also higher ranges where you get a chance to curate your own episode. We'll talk about whatever you want us to within reason. Um, Except politics. We don't do politics. Be like, yes, I'm going to curate an episode and we want to talk about the gloriousness of the Nazi empire. And we'll be like, no, I think we're good. (laughs) Here's your money back. Yeah. No, thank you, sir. Good day. Thankfully, we have an awesome uh, patron of, uh, I I will always forget this because I, because I'm not Rob. You're the one who named it. I named it because you told me to name it that way. Patron of, uh, our distinguished patron of unusual size. Patron of unusual size. You said, should I name it? What was that called? So I told you what it was called. And you're like, yeah, let's call it that. And I was like, all right. Well, either way, enough about Patreon. (laughs) Thank you guys for supporting us. You're awesome. And (laughs) I heard that, Jimmy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Guys, so uh, I think we're going to get into our topics now. I think we will slide. Oh, somebody lost a tooth. Greg's teeth are falling out. Greg's teeth are falling out. He's getting old Florida man with all that meth. Greg's son has lost on marbles. I think just now. So, like literally, it just yeah, fell it out. Just walked. Walk it was my child. We, we turns, who turns eight in like two days. Jesus. That's, that's not his name, but it's not, it's not Jesus. It's okay, so where, where are you going here? Let's let's uh, are we revisiting? I missed this because I had you know dental yeah. issues going on. In my so house. We're going to uh revisit and touch on briefly WandaVision, and and we're only going to do this briefly. Um, if you guys here's your your warning right now, guys, if, if you're not watching WandaVision, if uh, if you were like me originally and you wanted to give up after the first couple of episodes, then uh, I would encourage you to hang in there. Um, I'm glad I did. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We are going to talk about it right now. So, what do you guys got? Episode. So this three. is episode four specifically. Four. Episode four. Yeah, huge spoilers because episode four really didn't have Wanda in it a whole lot. No, it was not about Wanda. I was like, is this the end of the season? They're just just going for broke. Here's everything. So episode four is the first one that really takes place in modern times. It's not sitcom based. It's not it doesn't look like the Brady Bunch or the Honeymooners or whatever show it was looking like or uh, Bewitched. And it takes it does kind of it has a lead in from the previous episode where where uh was it monica at least the monica rambo gets rambo. blown out through and, this like I'm, wall i'm sorry did it irritate the crap out of anybody else that i 
I really felt like they just kept mispronouncing her name. It, I didn't catch that. Nope. They keep calling her Rambo. Oh, okay. I did catch that. They keep calling her. They keep calling her Captain Rambo. As an R A M B O. Gotcha. They're it's pronouncing quiet. it. They're pronouncing it. Pronouncing it like Sylvester Stallone's character instead of the the E A U that it's spelled as, mm-hmm. and it's kind of irritating. Every time they say it, I'm like, Ugh, "All right." Yeah, I could see that if if you just if you never had seen it written, you would write it down like R A M B O. Right. So anyway, it shows that it it does reintroduce some characters from the Marvel universe. Um, the FBI agent whose name I won't remember from Ant Man, who's awesome by the way. I love him. The the straight laced FBI dude. The the Asian dude. Yeah. Um oh God, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Or, but he he's a comics he's a comics mainstay. So he and he was of course in, in the Ant Man movies. And um the other character's name I won't remember, but the the girl from uh, Thor and uh, The Scientist Thor, too. Randall yeah, the scientist. What what are we naming her? The snarky one. I'm talking about the agent. Oh, yeah, Agent Park. Thank you. Both of them get reintroduced. They they really bring this, this episode completely into the modern world. And you it actually gives it a time period because you see all these people come back from the great blip or snap or whatever they want to call it. They call it. Yeah. You see them kind of fading in. And I when I first saw these people fading in, I didn't – it didn't occur to me right away what, what I was seeing. I thought, really? like, because I recognized it immediately when she when she phased back in. I'm like, oh, this is after the snap. Yeah, I just I didn't quite catch it. I I kind of thought that it was something in her in the Scarlet Witch's head at first, like for a second, because the graphics are a little bit different as they pull it back in. Because when they, well, it, to me, it looked like it was the the snap just in reverse, which is what I think they were going for. Yeah, they they changed it up just enough to at least from what I saw. Where that's it's not worth talking about it more, but it's the the particles were a little more colorized because mm-hmm. in the other movie they kind of went like gray black and just disappeared. But it it just didn't occur to me right away. And then when I realized what was happening within before she was even finished like developing, it was very interesting the chaos in the hospital and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also your mind sets sets to wandering of like like what happened if someone disappeared in a classroom and that while sitting at a desk and then they had moved where that desk was, do they reappear like, or half stuck in the desk or like, or where? even, even more interesting is what if somebody had disappeared while flying in a plane? Yep. Do they reappear and just plummet or pee? Do they you get freaked out and just pee all over the wall? That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the fact that, you know, the earth moving and all. So that's obviously stuff that you would be like, well, how do we write that in? But so they, they reintroduced that. So you kind of now have a time period for the show. Uh, they, of course, revealed some stuff about the whole the reason why yep. everything is the way it is. So if someone wants to take that. Yep. Well, we uh, I, I was going to go in the direction of, you know, we we now have an understanding of how things come into that world, which is um spoiler, all a, uh, a construct as, as, uh, as we alluded to, as we theorized, uh, it's all a construct of Scarlet Witch. 
So she has created this little mini reality to deal with the blip and to keep Vision alive. Um, He's not really alive. She's just created this world for herself so that she can have Vision there with her. Um, I thought it was very interesting how they explained the little helicopter, the things that would come in that were in color. Mm -hmm. I thought that was Mm -hmm. great. I thought that was very Disney Marvel storytelling going all in. Got an explanation for the man who comes out of the sewer, who I was Mm -hmm. hoping that was going to be a... uh, like a Baxter Stockman character, really <laughs> hoping for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tie-in. Really about that. A, a, a human made out of bees. Is that what you're saying? Well, he's all Baxter Stockman, the fly. He like lives in the sewer, and he's all smelly and stuff. Uh, but because there was that one Spider-Man villain called Swarm that was a sentient group. Well, of bees. The Ninja Turtles aren't in this, but I would like the Ninja Turtles to be there Me too. I'm still gonna still gonna wait for that. And still going to wait for a little full house thing. But fucking Wanda's bonkers, dude. She is just dead set yes. on keeping this reality that she's built for herself and having everything be perfect in there. And anything that intrudes, like Monica Rambeau, who comes in there, um, you know, by accident, uh, she that look she gave her where they finally revealed the dialogue between the two of them in the living room. She's like, you get out. She knows. I mean, she knows. Oh yeah. So she's trying. And I'm, I'm more and more convinced that this season is going to descend into, into a full on breakdown. That's going to take us into Dr. Strange too. Yeah. It could. Of madness. It could be do a lot. It could do that. It could introduce the X-Men because technically if you really want to follow it, technically she is Magneto's daughter. Um, so it could introduce the X-Men. It could introduce the Fantastic Four. I'm not sure if you caught the little... Speaking Speaking of which, did you hear the news? We should have put it in the news. What? It was, it was announced recently that they are doing Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Feige, well. Feige announced it. Nice. Yeah, they, I mean, there's a little comment in this episode, and you have to take every single little comment in every Marvel show and movie seriously because that's what they do. Yep. They'll mention they something. They will pull it from anywhere. And they mentioned that S.W.O.R.D. had a space unit that disappeared because of the blip. It's entirely possible that that space unit could be the Fantastic Four just based on the description mm-hmm. that they had because they come back, they've got powers, so on and so forth. And we might be revisiting the Fantastic Four later. Maybe in our next episode. That'd be great. Just saying. Anyway, so that, I believe, takes us through WandaVision. Anything else anyone would like to say about that? I think it's shaping up. And, Jimmy, would you agree yeah. that it's been worth holding uh, in there? Now it's to the point where I would be upset. If if tomorrow, I, if Friday I went to log in and I found out that, you know, the person I was using their uh, Disney account. I was like, what's going on? They were like, oh, yeah, I canceled it. I was like, ah! <laughs> Not sure if you want to oh announce God. that. 
the person being your wife that you yeah, live with. Of course, I mean, I'm not going to pay for it twice in my own house. But yeah. I'd have to like scramble to add it because I would have sat down with my popcorn and been all ready and stuff. I've been pissed. Yep. Speaking of sitting down with your popcorn, did either of you happen to catch that new movie on Netflix? Which one is that? Outside the Wire? I, have, I did several weeks ago, actually. I and then forgot that. to add it to a list to listen to or to watch. And then you watched it. So now we're here. We are. You got it. And you we are here. Thing. So Outside the Wire is a Netflix movie. It was released on January 15th of this year. It's directed by Mikhail Hafstrom, stars Anthony Mackie, uh, Damson Idris, Enzo Cliente, Emily Beecham, Michael Kelly, Christina Tonteri Young. And the synopsis is when a, when a disgraced drone pilot, Lieutenant Harp, is sent into a deadly militarized zone after disobeying orders, he finds himself working for Captain Leo, an android officer tasked with locating a doomsday device before insurgents do. So I had I, some things to say about this, but I want to know what you had to say about it. Greg. Okay. So when I was sitting down a couple night, a couple weeks ago, like what's, what are we going to watch? And I, I have been of course going to the Netflix top 10 and this was, I believe one or two. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I have no idea what's coming out on Netflix until I look there. It's always a surprise. It's like, Oh, what is this? It's either that or like the one big banner ad when I log into my Amazon fire thing. Right. Um, so I saw your, your critiques and I went into this where the, what I ha- really wanted to see that night was a silly action type movie. And it was released and I had no idea I was about to watch it kind of thing. So it was exactly what I wanted at the exact time that I wanted it, even though I could clearly see that there were some issues, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited about it. The and uh, the thing I liked the best about it were some of the action sequences. There was like a there was a scene with like a a window that I don't entirely remember right now, but where someone like was like came in one window and out the other one or something like that. It was just kind of cool um, sequence, or maybe they shot through the window. I don't know, but. So it had some really good action sequences that, for me, completely over overwhelmed the um, lack of or the nonsensical parts of the plot. So that's that's my initial thoughts there. Huh. What? What did Rob just pulled an entire chicken finger out of his mouth? What were you no, putting? It was bacon. Oh. She's been cooking bacon downstairs, and I'm like, I, the smell is killing me. I'm like, oh, can you bring me some bacon, please? Gotcha. I do love bacon. <laughs> um, so as I'm watching this, I'm like, are they, are they really gonna make this asshole the hero? So you're, you're talking about the kid? Yeah. Okay. The the drone pilot who murdered a couple of his own soldiers. They were too close, and it and the feeling that I got from it is that he's he's the gamer type who is completely dissociated from violence and everything, and is just like, well, I'm just pushing buttons, you know. They shouldn't have been too; they were too close. It's their fault. Blah 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 blah. blah. It's like, no, you dropped a bomb on him, you dick, and you disobeyed orders to do it. 
So you killed him. And he's like, well, I did what I had to do. And it's like, shut up. Just, just shut up. And, and I, I had a hard time believing that the military would take him and put him into this program to rehabilitate him and not just court-martial his ass and throw him in the deepest, darkest prison they could find. And at no point in this movie, no point at any point in this movie was I rooting for him. In fact, there were several times I wanted them to shoot him in the face. I'm like, just shoot him in the face. So the fact that he... So did they ever get to the fact of, was there a missile launcher in that building that he blew up? Like at the beginning? So what what Rob did he get? Captain Leo said there was, but Captain Leo was lying to him the entire time. So I don't know that Captain Leo was actually telling him the truth or that he was just trying to make him feel better so that he could manipulate him. Gotcha. You know, what I, mean? had less of, I had less of a problem with that that early part than you did. So I was just like, "Yes, he sacrificed two, but saved 30. But yeah, but you don't know that. We don't. But that's you know that's the the director, the writer, the filmmakers telling he us. He dis- he disobeyed orders of a commanding officer who had far more experience in combat situations than he did, and he killed soldiers. And they should have court-martialed his ass and threw him in prison. Now, if it was if it was completely one hundred percent certain that that's what it was, and he he felt that he needed to do it, you know, then we can talk about it. But he's just guessing. He's just playing a hunch, and it's like, no, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, shoot him in the face, shoot him in his stupid face. <laughs> I liked him. I actually laughed when he found out he got tricked. And I know that I know that Captain Leo ended up being the villain, but I was rooting for him, even though he was like bent on genocide. <laughs> I was like, the the movie completely missed missed the mark with me because I was I was completely for the villain this entire movie just because I hated the guy that they chose to make the hero. Well, I think that's at the point where I, they lost me a little because there's I'm guessing there's a lot of stories you can tell with artificial intelligence, but they always seem to go the route of the artificial intelligence. I think it's the AI takeover is the the term because I kind of looked it up where artificial intelligence determines that the best way to save the world is by removing all of the people from it. Like we don't want any more, like we don't want any more wars. The logical step to that is make sure there's no more people. And that's what they do in Terminator, Age of Ultron, Matrix, kind of. Uh, yeah, you. It's like an Asimov thing, you know. They, the fastest way to get to what they want, and that's basically what he was doing, right? He's like, we want to end all the wars, so let's nuke America, and then it'll end all the wars. Um, and that's where I'm like, there's got to be, there's got to be a way to put an android or artificial intelligence in a movie, and not have that be the end game. And that's where I was like, ah, I would have much rather just been a straightforward action movie, to be honest. Yeah, and and so would I. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have had a pro. And you know what? I would have had less of a problem if it had been Captain Leo actually doing what they sent him there to do, and Captain Leo 
you know, attempting to rehabilitate this guy and show him, you know, okay, well, you know, this is, this is war and giving him the experience that, you know, I felt like the movie was set up to do instead of, you know, making him the freaking hero because Captain Leo's a traitor. I was like, really? No, go androids. Annihilate them. Yes, let's do it. I'm on board. Rock it was pro android annihilation. I oh my god. I I will say that the special effects for this Netflix movie were really good. Yeah, that really was, liked the special effects. Were you the first time that you see Leo in his full clear android glory? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, in like a little like side medical tent or whatever that was command tent room thing. Mm-hmm. That looked awesome. I always love when a movie will set you in that time period by having people have like nicknames for stuff already. Like Walking Dead did this really well with like them calling them walkers. You know, like they always had, they already had nicknames. And the fact that they call the the robotic uh, sentries gumps, which I thought was kind of fun. I assumed, yeah, it, I yeah. assumed it was a Forrest Gump thing. Um, and that like, they're like taunting them just like early on. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not what you want to do. Not that these things really think for themselves, but I thought I really liked that. Although they did look a lot like the ones from uh, Iron Man 2 that were supposed to be like each different branch of the military. I kind of felt that they looked a lot like the ones from, um... oh God, what was it? Was it like District 9 or even Chappie? Um, maybe District 9. I haven't seen Chappie. But yeah. Um, but, so was that, yeah. I really like that. Um, I I liked seeing uh, Pilus Azbek or whatever the hell his name is from uh, Game of Thrones. He was in there as a. I don't remember who that was. He was the the villain, like the I guess the the villain that wasn't really a villain, the one that was like the terrorist leader guy. Oh, okay, okay. Um, thought that it's funny that a lot of times these movies when they'll, they'll have like a major major threat like nuclear weapons be kind of an aside to the actual like you're on. personal combat you're what on. you're on yes you're on. yes you're on so like they have this massive like threat of of a you're nuclear on. attack but it's also not really the main point of the movie <laughs> like there's like the smaller personal conflict uh punk kid versus uh robot um so would you say did those things bother you enough to where you are sad that you watched it or you would tell people not to watch it? Um, I don't know that I would tell people not to watch it because all in all, there were a lot of really good special effects. There was a coherent story. It might be something that somebody else would enjoy, but the main character just pissed me off. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it for plot so much as watch it for action. And, you know, s taking certain ideas from science fiction and bumping them to the next level, or aren't military science fiction or something, whatever you want to call it, and bumping it. There were definitely a couple of really good fight scenes. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. I liked this, actually, the, if, if I was to take one thing out of it, the scene that had me, like, kind of on the edge of my seat was the that food or medical supply truck that was kind of knocked over. And my dog being crazy downstairs. Uh, that sequence where there's the the villagers and the and the militants and like everyone's kind of in a big circle and the the military's there and 
I like that was actually really suspenseful because there was militants up in the like snipers and mm-hmm. now and for me the one scene that I actually really got into was the the bank scene. Okay. So that that was that was a really great really great action sequence as well. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's some really good action sequences in this movie. There's some really great special effects. My biggest complaint was that I just hated the main character. I didn't feel he was sympathetic at all. I did not feel for him. I thought he deserved everything he got and and deserved more. I would have been happier if they'd have still arrested his ass at the end of it and put him in jail. Even though he saved the world. Like him. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the little things. Did we all watch this, right? I did. Mostly. Mostly. And I did last night. So you actually saw it in the theater. Nice. I did, yes. We went and saw it, uh, what, Saturday night, I think? Nice. So this is the movie The Little Things. It was released on January 29th of 2021. It is directed and written... By John Lee Hancock. Uh, stars at least the three big names. Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Everybody uh, else was just kind of side characters. Well, I mean, Chris Bauer as well, if you are a, a, a True Blood fan. Or a fan of The Wire. He played the captain. With his glorious facial hair. It's a mustache, right? It's ridiculous. But uh, the synopsis here. Deke, Denzel Washington. A burnt out Kern County, California deputy. Sheriff California, or sorry, Kern County, California Deputy Sheriff teams up with Baxter, Rami Malik, a crack LASD defect detective. And there's a lot in here. To nab a serial killer, Deke's nose for the little things proves eerily accurate, but his willingness to circumvent the rules embroils Baxter in a soul-shattering dilemma. There's a lot in here. This might be spoiler time. But uh, meanwhile, Deke must wrestle with a dark secret from his past. So, uh, Jimmy, why did you only watch some of it? Did stuff come up? I was on the phone with unemployment all day. So I couldn't really uh, focus my attention on watching a movie. Um, There you go. Yeah. Especially that kind of movie. Because if it was an action movie involving drones and androids, yeah, I could have stood there and just been like, oh, stuff's blown up. But it was like, wait, no, wait, what did they say? Because I thought it was very much a, hold on, I, no, I need to know that. Like, I can't. Yep. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm to a point where they are, uh, very close to taking the suspect into custody. Okay. About three quarters of the way through. So, uh, Rob, what did you think of this kind of modern day noir film? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I thought the acting was top notch. I'm not usually a fan of Denzel, but I really felt like he did a excellent job in this movie. And he didn't. My biggest complaint with Denzel is that a lot of times in the movies that he's in, he plays the same character. He has the same mannerisms. He talks the same way. He acts the same way in so many of his movies. And I didn't actually notice a lot of the Denzel mannerisms in this movie. Yeah. So I thought he did. He, I thought he did a great job in this movie. Jared Leto is 
super creepy. Yeah, I, actually, that was the thing I thought. And and Rami Malek as the as the detective, I liked it, I, but I I thought he might have been the the weakest of the three. But it was still good. I mean, I I, I did enjoy Rami Malek's portrayal of the detective. So the acting across the board was was top notch in this movie. It's I interesting. Rami Malek is my is probably my favorite of those three actors. Denzel mm-hmm. is kind of flat, is a flat line for me, probably because of that. Like he, of what I said, yeah, in a way, like he will he will play a homeless dude or a corrupt cop or a apocalyptic whatever kind of in the same tone. Right, and he uh, just acts the same way, has the same mannerisms, and you're like, oh, that's done. And you and you wonder if his agent doesn't put in stuff like there where he has to have at least one or two scenes of him sitting quietly for large periods of time, like thinking about stuff, because you see that a lot mm-hmm. in his films. But uh, Rami Malek was in a, I guess I might have just said this, but he was such a blank slate in this that I didn't quite, I didn't quite get the whole angel thing from him right away. But maybe that's just because I'm very aware of a lot of his work. He's an angel? There's a lot of conversations about angels in this. Like, being being good all the time in you know, policing or whatever. It's kind of like a, 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 th- a through line throughout this. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I, the acting was good. Especially, you know, it's, it's interesting. This being, one, I think, the second thing that I've watched on HBO Max that was a day and date release. Um. And again, re- reminding me that this is something I would not have seen in the theater, but was very happy. I did to see watch. it in the theater. I, well, I yeah. think having having watched this, I I would have to say that this is a a movie uh, that I wouldn't mind seeing in the theater. It's not because you couldn't have been on the phone. Yeah, uh, stuff's not blowing up. Um, it's very much coming off of watching Night Stalker. Um, there's mm-hmm. even a, a mention to that as it takes place in California. I believe one of the detectives, while they're um, working a, a scene, says to Jim, Remy Malik's character, we haven't had this much scrutiny since Night Stalker. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when he said that, I was a little confused as far as the timeline because everything in the movie made me think it was early 80s. I, well, it was set in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It was it was like late eighties, early nineties, but like all of the cars, all the vehicles and everything, to me screamed eighties. Yeah, there 80s. was a uh at the very beginning when the woman is um being cat and moused by the killer in the car, it, it lists the date as um nineteen ninety. She's listening to um We Got the Beat by the by the Go Go's. Which was an eighties song. Yeah. So, um, I thought I think Jared Leto is a, a fucking chameleon. If you've seen Dallas mm-hmm. Buyers Club, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Fight Club, greasy, greasy he can be. Yeah, he's very greasy. He's very. He's and I, I hate to compare it, but he's very Richard Ramirez. He's sickly looking. They, Denzel gets a, a bag of his trash, and it's all ex- what you you would expect someone that depraved to eat. You know, 
pizza and it's takeout and it's sloppy. There's spoiled milk in there. Now, you did say sickly looking, and there is something that I need to mention mm-hmm. because it bugged me the entire movie. Jared Leto is obviously a very thin dude. Yes. Well, yes. yeah, sure. He's a that paunch that they put on him <laughs> was painfully wow. obviously a pillow. I was like, it was low. We couldn't do. We couldn't do a better job. Like you literally could see the delineation at times when he would like lean over, and you could see the edge of the pillow. I'm like, really? We couldn't do a better job than this. <laughs> It was very obviously a pillow that was taped to his abdomen. I was like, come on, guys. What? Well, they, they, did, they showed him up close a lot. Like whenever he was talking, they kept it in on his face. But every so often they would show him in silhouette, like when he was convincing the, the other cop to get in the car with him, stuff like that, where they showed the silhouette. And yeah, you could definitely tell that he had this like little tiny punch. It didn't even really push to the story either. Yeah. Because well, no, it was, was, it was I'm like, really? This is, this is just. Terrible practical effects. What do you do? Oh, when he's he's walking across the street, I feel like he he studied the uh, Sasquatch video. He, he had that that kind of gait and that very hunched over, just you know. And he he turned out his right foot to give him kind of like a a distinctive limp walk, like uh, like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, um. It was, I'm trying to see where I am here. I was looking up if that was actually the song at the beginning of the movie. I thought it was something else. It was Rome by the B-52s, Whoa, actually. Rome, if we want to. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, want. Rome, if you want to, yeah. Yeah, which was early 90s. Yeah. So. yeah. I knew that it was, I knew that, like, what you said yeah, sounded right, bad. which they're basically no, no, the same no. song. Um, so, I thought that was, that, that was really good. I um, thought that, uh, his portrayal of the weirdo serial killer. Now the big question for the first three quarters of the movie, and we'll get to the, the shift later, I think. Yeah. Jimmy, you, if, if you plan on watching the movie, you might want to, um, when, when, when we get to the shift, you might want to walk away because I've got some things to say about that. I, I certainly will. And I'll, I'll give that, that notification for our, our listeners out there as well. Um, if you're, yeah. if you're on the fence or if you're, if you're a fan of, of true crime, if you were fast, I don't want to say enjoyed Night Stalker or anything like that. If uh, this was very true, de- I, I always go back to True Detective season one. The relationship that the um, that the cops had, there was a, a more of a elder, grizzled, veteran detective, fresh out of college, maybe wasn't on the streets for too long dynamic there between Denzel and, and Remy Malek's characters. Um, however, I really think that just in his mannerisms and, and perhaps what he modeled his character after you could say he's like a young Woody Harrelson in true detective season one. And that's Remy Malek. Even has that kind of thing where he kind of talks with his mouth a little bit more closed. Um, so, I'm going to step away while these dudes talk about the rest of it, because that's about as far as Well, you're, we're going to talk about something that you've seen, I think. You saw when they went to his apartment, right? When he like they called him away? No. Oh, okay. Then go away. 
So he, and we're, the he we're talking about here is the... Uh, so that whole discussion about giving you the spoiler warning, that was your spoiler warning. Yes, Jim, Jimmy leaving the podcast. Possibly forever, we don't know. He just walked away. But uh, Jared Leto's character, what they, they do a little, I want to say a trick, but it's kind of it's kind of a stupid trick. It's really, they wanted to get to this point, and this is the easiest way they could do it. So they call him, have this cop randomly call him and say, I just want to apologize for today. Come meet me at this bar, which mm-hmm. would never, ever happen, and that call would never happen. And it happens so quickly, the guy doesn't, doesn't even say, huh? Like, he's just... He's just like, okay. <laughs> and, like, immediately leaves the house. And I'm guessing everyone is similar to me, where if someone says, hey, come meet me at this bar, it's going to take some time to leave the house um maybe well he didn't have a dog so that's maybe why but anyway as soon as they find some stuff now this movie you could tell when they wrote this movie they were trying to do a little bit of a thing where they left everything ambiguous for the later twist right where they wanted they wanted you to be maybe he was a killer maybe he wasn't so they would you know he the guy was supposed to be a a true crime freak and he kept up on things and you're like, okay, well, and then you find out that he was a true crime freak. Well, does that mean he became a killer or that he just liked true crime? You know, they talked a lot about um, things that were kept out of the press. Well, how would he know that? Because it was, it was only, um, they specifically said, I said it on the, the cop radio, whatever, Mm -hmm. what's it called? The, the, the police band. The police, but he said, I said it on the police band, but the press never got a hold of it. Okay, well, when Denzel Washington's in there, he hears a police band come through. He's got a police band radio in his apartment. Yeah, so there are things that he would know. Um, but then again, he also has a bunch of clips of this freeway killer, and but they're hidden. So, like, why would he even think to hide them under the floor? Like, there's... Like, so they do everything to keep you as the viewer ambiguous on whether or not this person was the killer. Then uh, about three quarters of the way through, the whole movie shifts where they kind of, and people are going to constantly everywhere I read said this movie was like seven and I understand why, but I think if you go into this movie, hoping it's seven, it's not seven. No, no, it's not even close. Yeah. Seven Seven is much far better movie. Yeah. Seven is a much more deftly handled and I'll probably revisit that in a second as well, but the movie shifts and now, of course, you've got the criminal with this younger cop going out to like a rock quarry kind of place where he's like Un- under the auspices of I'm going to show you where her body is. Yeah. For the one remaining victim that we don't know right. if it's been caught or not. And of course, the they do this. The reason why people compare it to seven is because he he riles up this cop cop spins around, hits him once in the head with a shovel and it kills him. So mm-hmm. now the cop has become the murderer. Yep, but there's a lot of things that that is really left out. One, there's no inclination at all that this guy is planning on that and wants to be killed by a cop, wants to pull suicide by a cop. Right. Like, there's they tried so hard to make him weird and creepy and and strange mm-hmm. that there's no motive whatsoever for him to want to be that way. Um, as well as then it also shifts the entire focus of the movie onto something that happened in the past with Denzel character, which I think you had a problem with. No, that wasn't my problem. Oh, okay. I, I understand why they did that. 
I, I get why they did that. What I didn't like was how the movie ended. The very last scene. I, I would have Just liked the, the fire pit. Yes. Okay. But not, not all of it. Just the last thing he threw in there. Okay. So my issue is, is that Denzel is haunted by a mistake that he made as a cop. And that's why he left the force. You find out about that, you know, in a flashback, yeah. he accidentally shot a victim. Yeah. He, a victim escapes, gets through the woods, startles him and he accidentally shoots him. And they covered it up. Yeah. Bottom line is, is they covered it up. Okay. So he's haunted by this and he doesn't want Rami Malik. He doesn't want Rami Malik to have the same problems that he's had. And I get why they gave us that. I understand that. I don't like the way that they ended it because Rami Malik has killed the guy. They dispose of the body. They have no evidence saying that he's the killer. I would have much preferred an ending where either they left it up to the viewer to determine whether or not they thought that he was the killer. Or they left it off where, because this victim that's missing, the the only thing that, the, the thing that they can't find is, you know, this girl wore a, a red barrette. Every time she went running, she disappeared while she was running. And they're thinking that maybe he took it as a trophy. So at the end of the movie, Denzel cleans up the body, cleans up the guy's apartment. Like he packed up and left and sends Rami Malek's character an envelope. And I knew exactly what was in the envelope. when he sent it. It's also far more traceable than all these little things that he was talking about getting rid of. Right. And so he sent him the envelope that had the red barrette. Basically trying to tell Rami Malek, hey, he was the killer. Don't worry about it. You did good. You can sleep well at night knowing that you took out a killer. Mm. I'd have been fine with that ending. What I didn't like and what I didn't think we needed right now, given the climate of everything that's going on, is another movie about cops covering up murders. Or a movie about crooked cops, cops not following the law, cops getting away with stuff that they shouldn't be getting away with. That's not something that we needed right now. And I would have been much happier because the very last scene you see is Denzel burning all of the stuff that the guy that the guy that he took out of the apartment to make it look like the guy moved. And the very last thing he throws in the fire is a pack of barrettes that he bought at a store with the red barrette missing. So it was something that he bought, took out, and sent to Rami Malik just to ease Rami Malik's conscience. And he was crooked, set it up. They killed him. We don't know if he was the killer. They don't know if he was the killer. They just killed him and covered it up. So I really disliked the way that they ended it. I didn't think about it that way. My my more thought, more I was thinking, okay, technically there's, might very well still be a killer out there. And there might be. And Rami Malik. Now, of course the police are still investigating because this dude just up and aren't they? Didn't they just, the guy just up and disappeared, right? He, he up and disappeared, but Rami Malik was the one who was heading the investigation. He's not investigating shit. He knows he's dead. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So, well then there still is this person missing because the girl was never found and she might've been alive. Um, 
so you would think that this this cop that did something terrible in the past by accident would have been aware of that and would and his desire to not have Baxter Ring Malik's character not be haunted by this would be over overwhelmed by the fact that well maybe we should still maybe be looking for this girl um so I thought about it more in that light um so, Yet another reason why I don't like the ending. Yeah, and it's and doing as much uh, true crime stuff that I read and watch and the very few stories where they don't find the killer, you immediately jump online afterwards and be like, you know, because a lot of these things were made several years ago. And it's like, oh, did they ever find so-and-so? Did they ever find this person? I haven't watched a crime movie like this, right? Started Googling. Did they? Oh, wait, no, it's fake. <laughs> like, right. So I was like, oh crap, I guess that doesn't really matter. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Jimmy has come back. Um yes. if you guys Welcome have uh, HBO Yes. If you guys have HBO Max or a movie theater that's open near you, um if you're into crime movies and uh I'll say one more thing now that Jimmy is back here. Um with with the comparisons to seven, which I don't really agree with, and some of these other things. I decided to look up other movies that this guy made. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he wrote and directed this, uh, John Lee Hancock. He also did the movie The Rookie. He did a lot of sports movies. He did The Rookie. He did The Blind Side, okay. uh, Saving Mr. Banks, and The Alamo movie. And the thing that I noted when I was watching this is it seemed like a much more cleaned up version of what these type of movies could be. Because... When you watch something like True Detective or watch something like Seven, you felt like you were seeing something you shouldn't be watching. And I think Jimmy was kind of the same way with True Detective Season 1. Yeah. Um, Whereas this looked like someone... It was just something clean around the edges Mm. where it was almost like, you know, Seven came out, it was hugely popular. You watched it, you're like, oh, that's really dirty. And then they released, like, Joel Schumacher's 8mm which was like a pop cult, a pop version of that where it was like trying to be edgy, but it just wasn't. Um, and I kind of got that feeling, although I did enjoy it. So um, if you would enjoy that kind of movie, uh, you know where to find it. HBO Max, yeah. movie theaters. And, and I will say all in all, it's, it's a little slow moving. So if you don't have the patience for a slow developing movie, you might lose interest. But the the movie itself is is really good. I just I just had issues with the end. Well, I tell you what, you guys want to see what Alec thought of this? I do. Oh, did Alec call yes, in a review? Did. That's awesome! Oh my All right, god! Right. Alec is going to uh, spoil it for you. It's fine. Actually, he doesn't. Um, I was kind of scrambling it. To oh, you've already listened to it. Okay. Well. Because he's better at us, better at us than this. Are we, are we muting here? So uh, we yes, to... we're going to go ahead and mute. We're going to listen to it and see what Alec thinks. Another note: I did see the movie The Little Things over the weekend, and I wanted to give a short review of that. Basically, it's a, if you're bored for two hours or so, it's entertaining. It's not good. The writing isn't up to par. Uh, some of the performances are good. Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, Rami Malek, not so good. Uh, so if you have time to kill and you want to watch a movie that's interesting but not good, uh, you can give it a watch. Otherwise, it's okay to skip it. 
All right. Hope you like the list. Thanks. Bye. That so he was pretty much in line with the rest of us. Interesting. Uh, the list he is referring to is going to be our top five list, which you will get on our side yeah. B episode. Yeah. This for some random reason is the first episode of us you're listening to. Yeah. And if you were mm-hmm. a patron, you could submit your That's list right. as well. You would get early access to our top five list, and you would be able to submit your own. Yep. So I just mentioned the side B side. Uh, let's let's talk about how you can reach us. Uh, you can, of course, check out gb5podcast.com. I saw that we have something new on the podcast or the on the website as of a couple weeks ago. Rob is doing book reviews yes, on there. Yes, highly. Yeah. So. Slowly building up the slowly building up the uh, webpage. Yep. yep, and I got to. Uh, I'm going to start doing some music stuff yep. on there as well. Maybe maybe break out the old Gib uh, State of the Greg addresses Shit, that I yeah, used to man. do on my own website. Do it. Look, it, there's only it. so many topics that we can cover, and uh, you know, Greg and myself being as into music as we are, you know, it's just it's really hard. Uh, we we can't play whole songs for you. There's licensing issues and, and things of that nature. And Rob just listens to a shit ton of books. I mean, Rob, <laughs> I really do. Rob can do a lot his of own podcast on books. So uh, check that out. You know, if you're interested to see what we're listening to or, or what else, you know, Rob is reading or what Greg's listening to, then, then give the, give the website, you know, give it a little deeper of a dive and then just go into it for the, episodes available and uh not just patrons yeah so the uh the website of course give me five podcast.com we also have stuff on facebook and instagram um i tend to not put as much on facebook just because um i I find uh, they're evil really (laughs) not that instagram isn't owned by them but um instagram is just a picture so uh, of course you can look, you can search "Give Me Five Podcast" on either of those. Give me five pod on Twitter and Instagram, like I said, uh, and you can reach out to us. Give me five podcast at gmail dot com, uh, where you can say stuff. Yeah. And uh, if you want to help the show, the thing you could do that helps us the best is, you know, if you're listening and you enjoy it, here's the deal: there's a pretty good chance that people you know might also listen and enjoy it. Unless all of your friends hate you and the things that you like, which point find new friends. In which case, you can tell your friends <laughs> so that's that. Sad, sad life. Sorry, but if your friends do like the things you like, they might also like this podcast. Yeah. So, you know, pass it along. Uh, review us. That helps us a lot on whatever podcast thing you're listening to. You know, subscribe to all of our little pages, and and uh, we see the numbers growing. So we are happy that we have new people, um, especially those from Belgium and Russia or wherever else we have inexplicable numbers of fans. Don't know why. Uh, but thank right. you. Your waffles and borscht are superb. I ate four bratwurst today. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and eat some of that bratwurst. So it's time we-